Hello and welcome back to What You Talking. As always, I'm your host, Mike. And I'm Ruby. And this is going to be a new and exciting direction for the podcast because after Kim's ended, we didn't know what we would be doing. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, we didn't know what we were doing with the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So we decided to, you know, sit through it a few months and then see where things were. And a few fans approached us with a few ideas. So we decided, hey, why don't we try out a few of them and see where the ship sails? So with that being said, I mean, there's a lot of good content out there. Mm-hmm. And especially Kim's, with the focus, I guess, being on Asian Canadians or Asian content, mm-hmm. I think that's the general direction that we want to head. Yep. And we'll see where it goes from there. But, of course, one of the natural kind of extensions of Kim's was Run the Burbs. <laughs> so I think uh, we definitely owe it to Run the Burbs to Take it for a few episodes and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't already know, Run the Burbs is Andrew Fung's new show. Yep. It's... Andrew Fung is the guy who played kimchi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is his show. He's mm-hmm. the... He Producer? has so many roles. Writer? Yeah. Actor? <laughs> Showrunner. He, yeah. He's number one on the call list. He's, he's everything in this show. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're going to get more into exactly what he does, mm-hmm. but pretty much everything. So we probably won't do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown for all of Season 1, but we're definitely going to cherry-pick a few of our favorites. And uh, throw fan in another... Favorites. Fan <laughs> favorites. Well, our favorites. I mean, fan favorites here could... Would, if we were to survey everyone, it'd probably be the whole season. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to throw in a fun episode in there as well. And... Um, yeah, so... And if you haven't had a chance to see it, you can watch it on CBC or CBC Gem. Um, the whole season is available. And Andrew has been saying over and over on his Instagram live uh, chat that he does every Thursday that it's going to be available to worldwide soon. Yeah, he's working on international release. So we're hoping for a for news on that soon. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean... VPN. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do illegal things. But we are also they are also in for second season, right? That's already been announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've already been announced for second season. And hopefully, I mean, if this goes the way of how they were ordering Kim's, they'll get uh, announcements. It's for, actually a double season. <laughs> yeah, or three and four coming up after that. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been really a really positive response with from the Burbs, so... Yeah, I know. And I know like a lot of the Vietnamese community has totally come out to support the show because I don't think there's been any other show that's like a full Vietnamese cast as like the main cast, right? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really followed that. But, <laughs> but that seems to be the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it comes up. So Andrew, what he was doing is that every Thursday, which the show was airing Wednesday, so every Thursday he would do an IG Live after the episode ran, and he would talk about basically all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people coming forward were well, fans overall, just Mm -hmm. chatting through the IG Live. And there were a lot of Vietnamese fans coming out saying, oh my god, this is amazing, I can't believe that you've done that. And I mean, it's Mm -hmm. something that we've seen with Kim's, especially with um, the Korean community, Mm -hmm. and just overall, Asians overall. So, I mean, Vietnamese are not great show. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's amazing, though, because I know 
personally, like I, I'm not as close with the Vietnamese community as I was to like the Korean community because obviously you're Korean. Mm-hmm. That's besides the point. Um, but but just seeing how much support they're getting and so many people coming out, it's 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 amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really amazing. It's great how shows like this can bring people and a community together. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, we're gonna they're definitely going to be some spoilers here but yes. for the first part <laughs> i guess i'll just kind of give the overview so what is run the burbs so the cbc description puts it as run the burbs follows the fams a young bold vietnamese south asian canadian family taking a different approach to living life to the fullest while changing the way we think about contemporary family values and life in the burbs the first time i read that i'm like what the hell is that saying? This isn't Wait, telling me a lot. What bothered me more so was, why did it have to say Vietnamese South Asian family? I don't know. I guess they're trying to highlight that this isn't some white bread family. I know, but like, doesn't Vietnamese already carry the understanding that it's a South Asian family? I, like, I don't know. No, I, I think South Asian is to highlight like Camille's half right ah that's true that is true that is true i rem- i have read previous descriptions of this where they didn't say south asian hmm. they used another description but oh. yeah so vietnamese south asian representing both andrew and camille camille being the wife of andrew in the show whose character's name is andrew right uh, <laughs> which gets a little confusing sometimes <laughs> so originally uh just a fun fact about that is that andrew was saying that Originally, the fams were known as the Fungs. They were actually yep. going to use his actual <laughs> real name, uh, real last name, and they run through a lot of different uh, titles for the mm-hmm. for the show. Uh, especially, you'll see throughout the show they do play a lot into a lot of puns. Um, and yeah, I think Fung was probably going to be one of the title puns for sure. And now Fam is. <laughs> So, uh, as you already know, the show stars the Andrew Fung, which, as Ruby <laughs> pointed out, is, of course, everybody's favorite kimchi on Kim's, mm-hmm. uh, which you totally do see a lot of kimchi-isms <laughs> in the show, um, but it, it's totally a brand new beast. And that's the thing that I tell people who are big fans of Kim's, who haven't seen the show, just, mm. you know, uh, try to look at it from different set of eyes don't compare it to kim's as much well as much as we probably do but uh just try to take it as I a new show <laughs> um, yeah. i mean andrew himself he does say that in some ways it's a spiritual successor to kim's and i do see i don't want to say evidence of it but i do see what he means in terms of that in terms of char- certain characters mm-hmm. and how they deal with certain situations and we can kind of go into that into the more uh when we break down the episodes episodes. Mm -hmm. like i can pretty much do a comparison for at least some of the characters i won't say all of them are one-to-one but (laughs) no definitely not yeah so if any of you are on the fence for watching the show i kind of came up for my top five reasons why you should give it a shot oh yeah trying to make this very clickbaity but uh okay so number five uh big thing is andrew fung himself Mm -hmm. so number one he's the five-time csa award winner for a supporting role in a comedy series of course 
That was Kim's convenience yes. for every year that Kim's was recognized. Well, was that nominated. Yeah, nominated. He won every mm-hmm. single year, and there's a reason. I mean, yeah, Andrew, and it's not to spit in in the faces of anybody who was nominated against. It's that he he did a really good job, mm-hmm. right? He knows sure. comedy. He knows how to do what he does really well, yep. and. <laughs> And uh, not only that, he's been on a bunch of different shows now. Um, mm-hmm. This year alone, he was on this show called uh, Last, Last One, One Laughing, Laughing Canada, yeah. which featured titans in Canadian comedy. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's obvious that he's being recognized by his peers and mm-hmm. people around the industry to to represent funny people in Canada. And this is like yeah. with titans like Tom Green, Colin Mockery, Dave Foley. Uh, Dave Foley. It's it's Caroline like, Rhea. Oh yes, it, like it was amazing because there's faces that I've seen. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, wait, these are like and legends. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> and like, it's like, I love you, dude, but I don't, I don't think know, you're in the right did class. You, did you fit? And then as you watch the series, it's like, okay, okay, I see it. Like yeah. he's, this is where he belongs, yeah. right? With all these people, and. um on that part, like I felt that his improv really mm. helped him in that competition. Where, sorry, I guess I should talk about the show. So the show is basically they put a whole bunch of these comedians into a one room. in <laughs> one room, and it's a competition for to make each other laugh. And mm-hmm. whoever laughs gets kicked out of the room. Well, they get a warning for the first laugh, and then they get kicked out for the second time it happens. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it, but Andrew does pretty well. Yeah. Considering. And I think <laughs> a big part of it is his improv, uh, which he always has kind of credited to the success that he's had. Mm-hmm. All his improv training and work. And if if you follow Andrew's, like, I guess, career, mm-hmm. you'll see that improv has been a big part of his life. For um, sure. Yeah. So he knows what kind of buttons to hit. And I can kind of see those kind of things in Run the Burbs. Uh, I oh, do see, sure. I do see some things that, um, I guess, grinding so much on Kim's, we've gotten a hang of like what different <laughs> writing styles are, mm. how you write certain characters, where to make them funny, where to make them serious, uh, serious yeah. and heartfelt, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely in the comedic moments, they they know how to hit it, and of course Andrew's performance. He's a CSA award winner. He he knows how to <laughs> nail those moments, especially for himself. Um, but being said, aside from all that talent, he's usually and been known to be one of the hardest working guys in the room. Mm-hmm. And if you follow Andrew on socials as much as I do, you know that he's always working on some sort of project. Yes. Like even the time that... Um, even during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, even during the pandemic, even during the times when he was off doing kim's he was always he was doing some sort of hosting gig or he was working on some sort of project or he was doing ads um but since working on burbs he's been quiet and the thing (laughs) is if he's quiet he is working on something like something really bubbling (laughs) in the background so it can only mean that he's grinding out something good Mm -hmm. um and he's always promoting his work. Like every week after the show, as we said, he was yeah. doing his Instagram live to get people hyped about the nitty gritty of the development and the behind the scenes stuff. And for someone like me, mm-hmm. this was really cool to watch because he was interviewing cast, directors, 
um, writers, writers, producers, uh, his uh, co-showrunner right. Scott yeah. Townsend or Townend. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is all really cool. I mean, like, why is the number one in the show? showrunner guy promoting all this stuff i know it's his work but i mean you can obviously make somebody else do this kind of stuff yeah too. like pr companies right. <laughs> so he he's really the type of guy to roll up his sleeves and get into the thick of it and on top of that and this is something that i noticed with kim's two and paul being number one mm. uh, one of the things that came up in the testimonies from the cast is number one they were really grateful to Andrew for the experience. And I mean, right. he's the showrunner. He's the exec producer and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that would be kind of typical behavior. But the other thing that I also noticed is that they always, they were praising the environment of, that was of his show, yep. mm-hmm. right? Everybody was inviting. Everybody wanted to make the people who came on set special, mm-hmm. you know, even if they were just a day day player yep. and everything. So, uh, everybody felt really a part of that family. Mm-hmm. Not playing on the pun, but <laughs> part of that <laughs> part of that family of the cast. And I think these kind of things will pay off in the long run. The longer that the show goes on, it shows that you know, uh, hopefully, no drama brewing in the background or For anything. Sure. Yeah, but all of these pay off. the The culture on set is so important because it it helps to create that long lasting conditions to 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 have the show do well and for everyone to be comfortable right especially when when everyone feels close enough that they can be honest they can give their feedback i think that really helps um and also afterwards when you hear about it it's it's nice as audience to know that you know it's it's a non-toxic environment everyone was like a family like they were friendly and they take care of each other Mm -hmm. it it makes you want to watch the show a bit more it's like an extra element right yeah Yeah. totally and that all being said uh this leads to an important part it it's just number four it's funny simple thing (laughs) is it's funny and it it, it's a comedy right it should be funny Mm -hmm. and sometimes when shows are funny it's you know just the writing or just the cast or the performances. <laughs> yeah. Those always feel like something is lacking. But on this, the writing feels on point. It feels fresh. It feels witty. It feels pitched at the right level for everyone, especially mm. for a season one where you have so much of this background info to kind of cram down people's throats, mm-hmm. but get them to know the characters enough to care about the characters. Yeah. Right. But to get do, them to connect. Yeah. But to do it in a funny enough way. Right. And the cast themselves seemed to really gel together as the season went on and start to find their rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The fams aside, uh, because, I mean, we have a lot of good things to say about the (laughs) fams. I mean, I have shout-outs to Jonathan Langdon, Ali Hassan, Julie Noki for nailing it consistently in their roles for their reoccurring roles. And you really start to see some of these relationships build. And as they do, these people get funnier. Um, like those three that I mentioned were probably my favorites aside <laughs> from the fans. Like every time they came on screen, like especially as the season went on, they got better and better. Mm-hmm. Like their characters shone through more. You you just can relate to them more, or you you really feel the attachment to to these characters and wanting to see them come out and mm-hmm. see on see them on screen. Compared to Kim's, right? Uh, these people. A lot of them were accomplished people. For example, 
uh, Samantha Wan, who had her show Second Gen. Right. Uh, there was Aurora Brown, who's been on Baroness Von mm-hmm. Sketch, that award-winning show. <laughs> uh, Raki, who plays Camille. Ali Hassan, who plays Ramesh. And Julian Oke, who's a YouTuber, but has like a million <laughs> subscribers. All of these people are accomplished people. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how long he's been hustling to get these people to be <laughs> on the show. But he brought them on. He brought them on, and some of them as writers who eventually became characters mm-hmm. in Rocky and Julie's case. Um, and somehow it's all working. It's all gelling. It's yeah. all it's all this organic thing that he's soup that he's put together has come up into <laughs> this wonderful meal. If I'm going on the analogy. <laughs> uh, so number three, mm-hmm. it's got heart. And I think that's what stands out for a lot of sitcoms or comedic shows is Mm. that sometimes you'll just get something funny and you'll get some of those heartfelt moments, but it won't really connect. Like, we just finished one show, Superstore. Right. (laughs) And I think I, I just liked it for, I hate to say a dumb laugh. But that was basically yeah, what like, it was most of the time. You, you can just shut off your brain and watch it, have a good laugh, but, and forget about it. <laughs> but by the time we were going through the fifth season, I was just sitting there like, why am I finishing this show? It's just... It's For completion's gr- sake. It, it's grinding at me. Like, I, I, I don't really feel like watching this. Am I, am I going to get some emotional payoff by the end of it? <laughs> and I really didn't feel... I felt most of the show was overall pretty hollow, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's... I mean, it's nothing wrong if you want a good laugh and mm-hmm. you just want to watch a show. But sometimes, and I guess I've gotten pickier since Kim's, is that mm-hmm. I want to have some emotional connection to these characters yeah. and I guess some emotional payoff from this as well. <laughs> and I think that Run the Burbs has shown good good scenes of this mm-hmm. in season one. Especially, again, props to uh, Ali Hassan's um, Ramesh, who's been nailing... A lot of these, and I don't want to give spoilers, but there he plays the grandfather to yep. the fans. Camille or Rocky's father. Yeah, yeah Camille's father. Yeah. Uh, so he plays the grandfather to Leo and Kia, who are the fam kids, and he has a lot of great scenes with them. Who the yes. kids themselves are awesome. I mean, they are they're in their teens or younger, younger. than teens, <laughs> and they are amazing for their age. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to watch. I I would say that if you are looking for those scenes, like when you see him interacting with the kids, something's going to happen. Look out yeah. for those episodes. Don't want to ruin it from there, but it's got heart. It definitely does. So number two. Number two. Uh, I feel it's very 2020. And also there are a lot of nice little Canadian Easter eggs in there <laughs> that I liked. Um I feel that whenever there's a character situation here that we can relate to, um, it doesn't really go to what a typical sitcom might, mm. uh, because some sitcoms may uh, take a certain route and revisit certain tropes. I, I'm trying not to get into specifics because I don't want to ruin things. <laughs> uh, okay, for this one example, which is a bit of a spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, Kia is kind of discovering who. She, she is throughout season one. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, actually, I don't know if it's so much that she's discovering or they're trying to tell the audience. I think she kind of knows. It's kind of both, right? Okay. And that's where the good writing is. Because at the beginning, she she's not sure 
how she feels. She knows she feels something. And then throughout the season, by the end of it, her her plot is kind of like, she knows where she stands, and this is where she is, basically. I feel like I disagree with you on that. I feel like, to me, when I saw her character, it's she's always known who she is. It's just her relationship that she wasn't able to figure out which is which is a typical teenager thing i think overall uh in terms of a coming of age thing they nailed kia yes right because i mean for her age nobody should really know where you are you're kind of well i don't know i guess we disagree on like whether or not she's finding herself yeah but um just watch that part. Yeah, Just watch the watch show it. and you'll understand what we're talking about. It's hard to not tell you the, the but, plot. But, but the yeah. part about that is that Ramesh doesn't know anything yes. about it. Yes, the parents then, do, but Ramesh doesn't. And so that's, the grandfather. And, and that's exactly it. Ramesh is sort of trapped behind the... the. I guess he would represent kind of the old sitcom trope on parent discovering something but right. the actual parents the fans are just kind of like yeah that's how it is yeah yeah whatever what do you mean and, and the the way that they approach that whole situation is is very 2020 it's like they didn't have to go in and to explain everything about it mm-hmm. it's just sort of like this is 2020 it's and through the lens of our generation i feel like exactly yeah. yes so i mean whereas kim's may have approached it kind of mm-hmm. like dragged it on for maybe half a season or something it's something where you know we can move on to what would happen in 2020 yeah i think ramesh we talked about this before is more like appa's character in a way where where he has not a lack of understanding but a like a more previous generation kind of mindset but is willing to open up Mm -hmm. so that is brought into the show as well because as you know, with our generation, we do have parents that may be very willing to be accepting or keep an open mind. However, how they're brought up and what their culture has told them to think or feel is ingrained in them. And that's that's how they know how to act or react, right? Yeah, it's sort of like a tolerance versus acceptance sort of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... it's and, and as you said, it's looking at it in a different lens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Kim's was looking at the lens of a first-gen family raising a second-gen family. Right. This is a second-gen family with a third and first kind of mixed up in there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can feel that, at least for myself, I can relate to the fans, mm-hmm. right? Because we're at the stage where we have a daughter and mm-hmm. we are parents and we're trying to figure out how to live our best lives mm-hmm. in the burbs. So... Uh, yeah. I still don't think we live in the burbs, but people do tell us that. We do. We're <laughs> totally in the burbs. We're not in a burb. <laughs> and yeah, there are so many Canadian Easter eggs in this show. And mm. yeah, I guess we'll kind of go into that when we As do an season, episode yeah. break <laughs> breakdown. Because yeah, there's just so much stuff. I mean, I picked out some things, but yeah, when Andrew confirms it on his IG, I was yeah. like, okay, well, that saves me the research. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't need to go and, like, look this up for for a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one, uh, quite simply, it's what we need right now. I think considering yeah. the last couple of years we've had to deal with the pandemic and all the nuttiness of everything that's gone on, I mm. think it's just a show about a family living their best life. And that's what we need. We yeah. need just something simple, something we can laugh at, something with... 
we can relate to and you know have those those moments with mm-hmm. and just it's a fun show to binge right yeah, it is it definitely is and i think it's one of those shows that you can just binge sit down with your family and enjoy it yeah, but then you regret binging it because you have nothing else to watch <laughs> yes <Yeah>, season one <laughs> come on season two <laughs> season two <laughs> So that being said, those are my top five reasons why you should give Run the Burbs a, a, uh, a watch. Because whether you're a Kim's fan or not, I think it's just a good show. Yeah, I don't think you need to be a Kim's fan to necessarily want to watch the show. I don't think you need to be Asian to watch the show. It's nope. it's very easy to connect, especially if you live in the Burbs like we do. <laughs> and I... I think that more and more people are living in the burbs, to be honest. After the pandemic, I've heard that a lot of people move out because you don't need to be in the city anymore. Maybe that's a demographic. (laughs) Andrew was thinking that. It's like, everybody's moving to the burbs. It's going to be marketable. Yep. So, yeah. And there's there's great laughs in there. If you're looking to, you know, just have a good laugh even, it's a great comedy for that. If you're looking for heartfelt moments there that's definitely in there if you're looking to find out about families and you know how they exist with with previous generations and their new generations that's all in there yeah yeah it's got a lot of good meat and uh, as i said good writing so mm-hmm. i am looking forward to what they see how they develop these characters i mean there's a lot of as you said relatable things so. for sure Okay, um, so at this point, we're going to get into really spoilery territory, <laughs> but we're not going to go too deep into the first episode, just because I think it's something you should experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so the first episode, Blockbuster, what did you think? In some ways, I thought it was slightly unrealistic, because I don't think I've ever lived in a neighborhood where people all came together to put together this party but like i've heard about that like yeah, I've heard there are about a lot of neighborhoods like that yes i've heard about it but for myself i've never had the experience you to, know like, why it's you, you grew up in scarborough no stop that yeah <laughs> we don't have that here and you know we barely talk yeah, to all our neighbors we, because we live in markham that's the other problem <laughs> scarborough has other problems markham has problems where people just don't want to talk to each other yeah so it was like oh it seemed but, unrealistic but yes i completely like, know what the, that is i've the heard area of it. where andrew and paul live they oh, no, totally I know. do I, that i know that and okay, so, we have friends that live there so to give like context the area that paul and andrew live in toronto uh because we have friends who live there as well mm-hmm. uh during the pandemic they Every like seven or eight o'clock, everybody would go out and at bang. Night, every night. Every night would go out and bang pots to show support to the healthcare workers. Healthcare workers yeah. um, to let them know that, hey, thank you so much for doing your. Mm-hmm. And like the thing is, it's not only that, they had signs all over the area. Yeah. And uh, little, I guess, uh, what do they call it? I guess just. Um, I want to say altars and vigils, but those, no. aren't, those, those aren't right. No. But basically, just like little displays to say thank you For to sure. people in the and community. And even before the pandemic, our friends have told us, like, every year on their yeah. streets, they would have a like, block party. A block party, or like that, that particular strip of that street would have parties. And we have friends that live on different streets <laughs> yeah. in that same area, and they all have the same thing. And it's like, what? There's a barbecue there's like a christmas thing there's all this stuff and it's like what that's so cool yeah so to give context on this episode yeah yeah so the 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 fams are trying to organize the block party for their street yes but they're trying to organize like you know 
the block party of the century because well, <laughs> that's who they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's very well. Andrew Pham. I don't know about Andrew Fung. I'm trying to imagine Andrew. I feel Fung like doing he has that. that kind of energy. No. Yeah, I think that if he wasn't doing everything that he was oh, doing, right. he'd probably have the energy to do that. But at the other point, he's he's famous. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on the first episode? I thought it was it was interesting. Like they brought in very cute things. Um, they had a lot of surprise guests, I guess, in a way. Um, and there were Easter eggs, definitely, where you can, if you're from Toronto or like general Toronto area, GTA, whatever you want to call it, the burbs of Toronto, um, then you would know what we're talking about if you watched it. Like it's just, it's really cute. Um, and how spoilery are we going to get? Oh, we might as well. I mean, we can talk about it. Okay, so I might as well just <laughs> talk about the outline. So basically okay. the fans are trying to organize the yearly block party and Andrew's got a big plan. But the plan falls through because his special musical guest can't make it, who is supposed to be Drake. And um, on the other hand, you have Barb, who I'd like to say is like, this show's Terrence in a way. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Sort of a foil for... For fun. <laughs> for fun, yeah. And, um, and yeah, so uh, Barb is trying to make sure that they have their permits, and obviously they don't have their permits. So you have Camille, Andrew's wife, who needs to figure out the permits thing, and Andrew is going to figure out the musical guest thing. Right. The one thing that bugged me about that part, if they've hosted a block party every year... Why don't they know what the right permit is? <laughs> I think, yeah, and I, I need to go back and rewatch the first episode, but it seemed that maybe they were trying to do it bigger. Maybe Barb never caught whiff of it. And I don't know if Barb lives in the neighborhood or she just happens to just pop in so often there. I feel like she does. And I think they mentioned that before. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. But I think it's maybe because they went too big. Like it's it With was like stage a full, yeah okay and everything true, yeah okay. I mean if I'm going the one thing that really caught me was I mean the cold opens have to be good for a show oh yeah and and that's the, like your thing <laughs> yeah the cold open for for this first episode was was really awesome I could totally relate to one trip which basically <laughs> was was me uh, and I tried to do it on Costco trips it never works because I think Costco we always do are, try to do it yeah like any other grocery run yeah I'm gonna no. load up on as many bags as I will <laughs> I don't think we get that done either but if I'm going to Costco and I gotta take like the toilet paper with the paper 20 towel. boxes yeah. and all the little berry boxes and stuff like that it, it's hard to do one trip but mm -hmm. I could relate to that. And the bag breaking in the middle, that always happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, so fun little things about this. So, of course, Drake couldn't make it to to the party, but instead they found Jason, who is actually Cardinal Fischel. Who lives in the neighborhood. Who lives in the neighborhood. And um, if you don't know who Cardinal is, he's he's a pretty mm -hmm. famous Canadian rapper. Mm -hmm. Uh I mean, if you're 90s, Canadian. I would say. Uh, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a couple of hits, especially like mainstream big hits. Yes. And um, yeah, they were saying for the show that he was 
they had planned to have him in there, but it was kind of almost a last second throw in. Before they before his team confirmed. Yeah, before his team confirmed and they're like, Oh my god, we made it work. So that was good. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to imagine the show if he he didn't actually get confirmed what they would have done. Find a different musical guest? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but I, I felt Cardinal was like the right the kind right, of hit. Yeah. Because number one, he's Canadian. Number two, he's big enough that at least Canadians are going to get it. Mm-hmm. Like when Americans, and I'm not going to say how they watch the show, VPN. Um, but when they did watch the show, they're like, who's Cardinal? I'm like, oh, dude, you don't know who Cardinal Fischel is? <laughs> <laughs> I play. I send them a few links. They're like, "Oh yeah, 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 we know Cardinal." Or they've heard the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just he's his name is not associated as as popular as it is mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, another fun fact about the first episode: if you look at the first scene where they're having the meeting, you can actually catch two handy employees <laughs> in that meeting. But it, they're not like your regular handy employees. They are ones that have shown up before. And I think they've probably been in one episode each, right? Oh, no, 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 no. So basically, uh, the joke is that they were were the hardest working Handy employees (laughs) at Handy because they were in the background. So they were pretty much doing all the work. Ah. Uh, So if you watch a lot of the background shots or... Or just the people in the background and the other scenes, you'll all you'll see the the both of them and oh. the husband wife duo huh. um, that Andrew has known well since his duration like of doing years games. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like the the whole Camille kind of dealing with the permit thing. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me the is that realistic? I, it, no, it's not realistic. <laughs> I think I I think they with the first episode they really stretched. The mm. boundaries of how of the funness of this episode. Yes. I was thinking after the first episode, like, I don't know if every episode is going to get this wacky, but yeah. at least, I mean, for me, Camille was a standout. Like, mm. I, I really liked her coming out of this episode. Like, wow, she she's killing it. Like, everybody <laughs> knows Andrew, right? Yeah, yeah. If you've seen Kim's or uh, any of his improv Last shows, one laughing yeah. or mm. his improv work. You know him, but this made Camille stand out to me. Where mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, let's see how this goes," because she's, she's, she's one of the leads, right? Yes, yeah. And um, she really stood out in this, and I, I liked that whole that whole segment where basically they made it Fast and the Furious, but in the burbs, it's like <laughs> With street racing, limits. but but street legal. Yeah, <laughs> that was a nice twist to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really clever with uh, how they could play with that. Yes, I thought that was very cute. Actually, I do feel like I could relate to Camille a lot in terms of her character, you know, how she works in corporate, she doesn't like it, or like, you know, she's always trying to find her own thing, mm-hmm. except she she has her jam. I don't have my jam yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I totally can, can, can connect with that and... Yes, the the scene seemed slightly unbelievable about the whole street racing thing, but it was very cute and very well done, and I can totally see myself doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. If you showed up with, I don't know, trading in or racing with uh, your car, and you won a car with that, <laughs> I, I would say that's pretty amazing. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, what else to say about the episode? I, I kind of felt, in a way, that this episode of Blockbuster was almost a, 
and this is going deep, is kind of a metaphor for the pandemic and how everything has been happening. Sort of like the best laid plans sometimes don't go yeah don't go to according to plan right and that was sort of like the whole thing behind blockbuster they had a plan that was you we were going to do it and everything kind of fell apart at the seams but at the same time you know you kind of work at it you try to do what you can and you make the best out of it and and it's again it's playing on that uh living their best lives or living Mm -hmm. the best way that you can while you're in the birds based on the circumstances that you've based been given, on the circumstances. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in a way that um, that is sort of been like our last couple of years, right? <laughs> like people have like my mom, for example, uh, she's just about to go on a trip, but she, she had planned every year to go on a big trip and she goes on a trip with my aunt and she's had to cancel two or three big trips yeah. because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's getting old and she always looks forward to these trips every year. And uh, I can see, like, every year it's, like, kind of just a little bit eating away at her. Yeah. And and I always feel a little bit bad. But at the same time, I mean, in those two years, our daughter was born. Yep. And we still, when we could, when it was safe to, we all got together as mm-hmm. a family. Yep. We We spent those first in her case her first granddaughter's moments yeah and uh, we try to enjoy it as much as we can Mm -hmm. and again i think everybody has like a best laid plan that kind of got foiled but they tried to make the best of what they could during the pandemic and sort of the blockbuster is sort of the same thing right yeah and in a very micro lens yes yeah so yeah um (laughs) <laughs> without saying too you can, much you can like confirm that with with uh andrew and see if yeah, that's where no, the writing I, came I, from. I don't think anybody <laughs> was thinking that deep <laughs> so if uh if you're finding your luck in the show uh you can call yourself a burbay mm, uh, with b-a-e b-a-e's because um it's sort of an amalgamation of uh one thing that andrew says throughout the show is babies yes which I think he says right out the gate in uh, the first episode. He says that right at the uh, the cold opening. Does it? One trip, baby! Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> How could I forget that? Uh, number two, the bubble tea place called Bubble Bay, mm, which yes. is a place, well, the hangout mm. in Run the Burbs. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, what else I have to say about that? All oh, right. Uh, when the show was about to launch, uh, Andrew was going to do a special, uh, a bubble like bay, event. Yeah, yeah, a bubble bay, uh, food truck sort of thing yeah. to go around giving free bubble tea to people to promote the show. That'd been so cool. But at that time, they just announced another lockdown. Yep. <laughs> so, hoping that it hits the streets, maybe for, for season, season two. two. Um, but yeah, Bubble Bay has kind of been. Well, I think after that, we it's probably like they're handy, right? Like it's a, it's that outside of the main area sh- place. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of an equivalent place in Kim's, but there isn't really. Not uh, exactly, no. Like if it was Friends, it'd be Central Perk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it was, uh, I don't know. Not a lot of shows have like a a food a place. <laughs> yeah, like Cheers is just Cheers, so that doesn't yeah. help. Uh, but yeah it's just that place where everybody meets up at some point point. Mm-hmm. and finally the the last thing is burbs so baby 
Bubble Bay and Burbs being Burbays. <laughs> so you can find uh, the fan group at Burbays on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, and just yeah, join Follow up with along, all the other Burbays. Follow along, join the fun, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of all this, I think if you haven't watched Run the Burbs, just give, it, <laughs> give it a try. I, yeah. I, I say that... Um, Whenever I recommend a show, I always say, you know, you should go this many episodes deep. I think even with Kim's, I will say that with Kim's, I was recommending that to go three to four episodes deep. I would say probably Burbs to do the same mm-hmm. because episode one, it it's it's different. To be honest, it's very different from the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> by, by episode three and four, you start to see the cast really gel together. You and see they, the rhythm happening. Yeah. 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 And, and they kind of get the hang of everybody. So, yeah. Definitely go three to four episodes deep. It's a very bingeable show. Mm-hmm. You can three to four episodes. That's like an hour at most. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. So, just to end this off, I guess, as we normally do... If you have any comments or questions or stories to share, tweet me at MikeYUAN82 on Twitter. Or actually Instagram as well. Yeah. Is that your Instagram handle? I don't even know. I don't know how people find me. Nice. People somehow do. So yeah, we don't know how to close this now. <laughs> yeah, because it's like... It's not a, yeah, it's not a Kim's podcast. So until the next time... Bye bye. <laughs> or okay, see you. I don't know. We'll figure that out. It's like caca. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Until the next time. Caca. Bye bye. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs>